Don't touch my hair. Point blank to the period, poo. What it do, fam bam? It's your girl, Just Be Real. And welcome back for another dope episode of Just Be Real podcast. Y'all know how we are about black hair. Most black women will tell you that's the first rule of thumb. Don't touch my hair. You know, it was only right for me to do this episode today because tomorrow's what they call Christopher Columbus Day. And the only Christopher I acknowledge is Christopher Wallace. Shout out to Brooklyn, baby. But nonetheless, tomorrow's my 10-year anniversary. So why not show some love to black hair? I mean, everybody tries to appropriate it anyway. Enough of me chatting. Let's get real. What's good, my fellow people? I can't believe it's October, bro. I feel like these months after July and August have just flown by. Am I the only one? I mean, the year is almost out and we're about to go into 2022 as if I'm just adjusting still to writing 2021 on anything I sign, date, or type. Besides the point, hope y'all living well, y'all still staying safe. You know, this pandemic is still out here being real vicious and crazy. Unfortunately, I was looking forward to homecoming, but I don't care what precautions Del State is taking. You will not catch your girl out there, out there with no type of, what? I don't care who's unvaccinated, vaccinated. You won't put me in a group of people for no type of spare and then assume everybody's going by an honor code. Not I, says the one. So we're just going to rock out and stay where we're at because if they cancel G-Ho in Clark Atlanta, why would Del State not do the damn same? But not here, nor there. Won't catch me traveling for that. Not worth my time. Catch y'all when this stuff really clears up. So, I know a lot of homecomings are virtual. I know as an HBCU alum, it's very imperative. It's kind of like our family reunion, our black time to come together. But, you know what? We haven't had the opportunity to do so. But, hey, in time, when all this really clears up, if they took proper precautions, we probably wouldn't have been in this. But we're not here for that. We're here for what I call as an episode called Natural is Native. Yes, Natural is Native. That is what this episode is called. As I said before, tomorrow marks my 10-year natural versary. And given I've been 10 years natural, I did not do a big chop. So I literally transitioned. And I feel like in the time frame when natural hair was starting to become more of a thing back in the two early like late 2010 or so that's when I kind of transitioned into the lifestyle so like it's been a big thing to rock our natural hair and I feel like there's so much for us to unpack and a lot of us don't understand the history and the culture of us as our black hair black men and black women um I love a black man with some locks child had them locks moisturized with a nicely beard moisturized moisturization see them parts fresh shape up baby baby talk about heart throbbing yes but I feel like there's so much history and I want to go ahead and take the time to unpack and show some love to our hair so as y'all heard Solange came out with an anthem for us that spoke volumes called don't touch my hair featuring one of my favorite artists Sampha and there's no way around it how we've literally used that and I'm not my hair by NDRE as probably the top two anthems for us in the black culture again goes for men and women but you know what there's always some appropriation that digests into that and intertwines so we're gonna get to that in a second but natural hair and its beauty is was created with complex complexity and styles that just were able to just show the difference and versatility across you know the African continent between different tribes between different languages it was just something that we did but you know what 
you know, with that middle passage that kind of happened when we, you know, were brought over here illegally and asked to work pretty much for free. That's when we kind of had the form of oppression that was marginalized for communities and for generations to come. Like, tell me that's not something that was common for y'all to have y'all hair pressed on Easter Sunday. Okay. Or no, nah, honestly, we're just gonna keep it at Easter Sunday. Cause even when you had sunrise service before then for Easter Sunday, or if you literally had Christmas that fell on uh, on a Sunday, there was somehow some way your hair was going to be pressed, whether it was with a hot comb, which was with the old fashioned way before we had these nice, you know, flat irons. I was really being in real use. You had the good old hot comb, get that little burn on the air here and there, that kind of situation. But, you know, it goes back even further because I know my grandmother was born in 1920. It was a big thing of conformity to have straighter hair because it wasn't looked at as a form of acceptance in, you know, the Eurocentric culture that we've been brainwashed to feel was how we were supposed to be. Now, let's take a step back, y'all. In the early 1600s, black hair was removed to dehumanize and humiliate the abuse of power. Now, why am I not surprised? Because if y'all don't have the ability to do what we do, which is able to have the coily, curly, or coarse texture, because I won't say kinky, coarse textured hair, of course y'all going to be haters. They still hating on us to this day because of how our hair is able to do things their hair can't. That's why they get perms to try to make their hair curly. Or I don't know if y'all seen that video with some Asian guy trying to literally get twists and stuff to make his hair have texture. Like, what are y'all doing? But yet and still now from what y'all used to use as humiliation by shaving our hair off is now something that appropriated for the culture of the society of the man. Interesting. But yet and still in 1768, which we know a lot of when it came to the Middle Passage, a lot of Africans were dropped off in Louisiana. So like in 1786, New Orleans reenacted the uh, Tregnon Law which began prohibiting black and Creole women from wearing natural hair uncovered. Now, first y'all go from dehumanizing us to have a shave off all our damn hair. But then y'all want to tell us we got to have it covered? What kind of nonsense is that? So y'all don't want to see us with it. So in order for us not to see us with it, y'all make sure we cover it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love me a good head wrap, but um, that seems kind of contradictory for me. But it is what it is. Um, but for them to do it, I think it was always interesting because y'all are doing it because y'all don't want to have male suitors engage with black women because they were a threat to white women. Yet, and still there were a lot of what they call back in the day, mulatto and mixed babies. So clearly what y'all thought was going to work to kind of deter people from trying to pursue us was still something that happened either way or why. Because let's go back and look into real history. And I bet you how many slave owners and masters are deep, were stinking in the shacks trying to go ahead and get them a little piece of little something, something of the cookie nookie. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, but nonetheless, the influence on the Eurocentric beauty has been something that has been a crazed phenomenon. I know for me as a kid, my mom, 1998, my mom literally had me get a perm in my hair. Well, not a perm, a relaxer in my hair. And I never understood why. But then again, I ain't going to hold y'all. My mom can't braid y'all. Like, the most she could do are plaits. But shorty can cornrow. 
Hence why I made it my business when I got my dolls. I literally was practicing putting micro braids in my doll's hair when I would have them take them out of my hair. If I got my hair braided, I was taking that hair out to try to put it in my doll's hair. Like, learning how to braid on purpose where I literally self-taught, even though my grandmother was a cosmetologist. Because I felt like I could not be like my mother. Because let me tell you something. I was on my Lady of Rage in the 90s. I rock rough and stuff with my Afro puffs. Hey, rock on with your bad self. Yeah, Jackie, if you look at the majority of my pictures as childhood, I either had a puff or two Afro puffs. Because if I did have anything in my hair, it was probably twist because she put it in scrunchies and barrettes. But you, if you ever seen my hair cornrowed, she paid somebody else to do it. Believe you me, Jackie can't braid, okay? Um, but it was the time where she literally took me. I'll never forget it. I went to World of Beauty. It's this place not too far from my house where one of the deaconesses of my church was a stylist there. Her name is Manetta, right? And she gave me a relaxer. And baby, my hair was flowing. But let me tell you one thing my mother did that probably a lot of my mothers probably did. Every two weeks, don't believe you me, I was in that hair salon to get my hair washed and taken care of or like touch-ups and stuff. Jackie didn't pay, play, play with that because she was like, my baby hair not about to fall out. And that's one thing I could respect because I still had healthy hair with the relaxer for the whole... I had one up until I was 20, 12 years I've had one. It was, my hair was always taken care of. Um, so that's something I'm going to shout my mom out too. But it became a conformity for her, not because maybe my mom did it because she was lazy, but a lot of other people did it because I don't think it was accepting in the workplace. Like hair relaxers, hot combs, blowouts, as I mentioned before that Easter Sunday, it was something that wasn't really seen. I would personally say for me until a different world came onto the scene. Now, I don't know if y'all, a lot of y'all probably familiar with a different world. Who doesn't know a different world? One of Cosby's greatest creations of one of the greatest shows and spinoffs that he had. Um, but you've seen the actual diversity and versatility in hair. Like you had Fred, you know, Freddie who had the natural tresses, you know, you had Jaleesa who literally went from, you know, some slick backs to, you know, her TWAs, tiny, tiny, tiny afros to her, you know, press outs and blowouts where you had Whitley who literally went from her natural to her blowouts or, you know, her straightenings with her hot comb. Kim, who literally was more of, you know, the one who had the, the shortcuts and the asymmetrical bobs. And then you had somebody who really came on the scene with the versatility, which was, you know, Lena James, which is played by Jada Pinkett Smith, who had her natural fro on her ponytails, the press out with the curl ponytails, had the, you know, the crown up box braids or cornrows going into a crown. Like it was never a fail moment where you kind of seen the the difference in hair textures through all different, you know, colors of melanin on a TV show. And that's something I've always loved because it showed how even when we come in different colors, our hair can be styled in so many different ways because our textures are so, it's a plethora of textures that are combined in our hair. Like I know for me, the top of my hair is kind of like a 3C, but like there's a 4A, 4B kind of texture mixtured in between. Like it's just, so crazy because my curls are loose and I think it's because of where I used to always get you know um sew-ins where I have my leave out because I always had you know pressing and even after all these years and my hair curl pollen even coming back 
there's still like a loose curl and texture that still happens, which is so crazy. I think that's just now naturally how my hair is. But like you go to the sides of my hair to the middle, baby, the coils, the coils. It's like a 4A, 4B type texture, but I freaking love it because the shrinkage is such a distraction where people just probably think my hair is so short. Pull one of them springs, baby. Let me tell you, it's nothing but grace coming through where it's like length on top of length on top of length, baby. So I just love it. And although we conformed and it damaged our hair, there were still ways we still try to make it creative and try to, you know, show our self-expression in our hair with like flapper cuts and finger waves. You know, something that started with the times of Joseph Fee Baker in the 1920s, you know, even having us cut where our hair would grow and make something out of nothing, which is something that we always do as a black culture. Let me tell you, there's one thing we're going to do. We're going to make something out of nothing, okay? We're going to make something that you put us in a situation that's supposed to be a negative. We're going to turn it into a positive and still find the beauty in the transitions of how we're doing it. I mean, if we go back to even as late as the 1950s with wigging and weaving, Baby, that's when that whole time really started. Like, um, I don't know if y'all read Cicely Tyson's book, but just as I am, she talks about the transitions of how hair was back then to now and how you can still play in the man's game with the wig and still have your tresses protected while doing it. Like, if you think even back to the time of weaves and wigs and like you think about the 90s, who's the first person that comes to your mind? Lil' Kim. Okay, when I said Misa Hilton did that and started a phenomenon, shout out to Misa Hilton, she did that because you had little Kim rocking double C's on her bang, on her blonde wig, you had her rock rocking cheetah patches, you had her rocking the colors with the red, the blue, with the first to match in the video. I know what y'all y'all know what I'm talking about. So where now even that that self-expression or creativity has come into the 2000s where you had Nicki Minaj doing such where and, and Remy Ma with the two-tone with the bang one color and the hair another or like the top one color or a section in the middle one color and the rest another like we even now have it where you have the skunk patch which that's now become a phenomenon where you literally have a patch of your hair on the side or two of them where they're two different colors compared to the rest of your normal hair that's even become something where you literally have celebrities and people having colors in their hair and they're doing it unapologetically. And I love that about our people. Like, but yet and still in corporate America, Susie can have purple hair and it's being okay. But if I come in with purple hair, it's, oh, can I see in your office? Well, she has bright purple hair and it's spiked. Yet and still, I'm the problem and the issue. But they can rock their hair no remorse, but I got to make an apology for who I am and my statement of my individuality. Bird? Yeah, that'll make no sense. But yet and still with that comes with appropriation where you have people like Kylie Jenner's and Kim Kardashian's who objectified something that we started because as always, anything we start, they have to take a rhythm to take a piece of and say, hey, we started this too. Like what? Girl, bye. Get your life. But one thing I can say for certain, two things for sure, as much as there is appropriation, one thing they can never rock is a fro. Your hair is not meant for a fro, beloved, because your string straight strands are not allotted to go ahead and be so Afrocentric that that's something that we bear the crown on. Baby, the first person that comes to mind for me, Angela Davis. Baby, the fro a part of the movements in the time of the 70s, ain't no way you couldn't find a person who would naturally want to rock a beret on that properly froed bro. 
Okay. So, <laughs> excuse me. Somehow, some way. I still don't know how it's possible, but every fro is always symmetrically done where even when you pick it out, it's just a nice circle, a nice sphere of circumference. Like, I don't know how, I don't know, you know what it is, but it's a blessing. And to this day to see, you know, queens rock their fro or men rock their fro, it's just like, damn, that's dope. Like, and I had a, I had a, a science teacher back in sixth grade for me. His name was Mr. Major. Yo, when I say this, man, imagine being 11 years old in a science class. First of all, you got a black science teacher. Second of all, this man had the longest handle mustache with the nicest shaped fro and would literally embody the 70s. He'd be like, my man, cool out. That's not cool, cat. Like, literally talk like the 70s. You know how like empowering that was as a young black girl having a black science teacher who literally was unapologetic in the school system and said I ain't changing who I am for y'all because that literally for me was always what I always wanted to rock a fro to school because of Mr. Major so to you Mr. Major wherever you may be shout out to you for being one of the dopest black science teachers I've ever encountered in my life because I ain't never had nobody as smooth and cool as that cat Mr. Major Okay, like it's it's the representation that matters because seeing that is what allows me to just remember, like remind you and mind you, when I had him as a teacher it was in a time of real controversy because 2001 is when also, you know, the Twin Towers fell in New York and I'm, I was in the New York school district. So like having that come in the time of when it did was so much controversy was just like, to carry that on 20 years later just speaks volumes for me. And I just feel like Afrocentrism was definitely embodied in our froze. Like, my mom told me back in the day, because in the 70s is when she was kind of, you know, a young thing. You know, a foxy little thing. <laughs> the black fist pick was a must-have. Like, if you ain't have a black fist pick back in the 70s, you were a lame. My mom said that black fist pick still to this day hold so many embodiments and like you have people in the black panther rock and froze like i think cicely tyson if you even read in her book she was the first actor to wear her mini fro on tv so thank you to my soror cicely tyson may she rest in eternal peace for reaching out to us and teaching out to us how we can embrace black hair and that was a time where we were reclaiming our time reclaiming our time in my maxine waters voice because baby they had enough oppression in time where they were taking it from us, trying to humiliate and embarrass us that we were just like, F this. We're going to be our own revolution. And I love that. I mean, you know, we got the froze, we got the cornrows, and cornrows, yet again, a trailblazer would be Cicely Tyson, her rockin' those in the 1970s, promoted Sounder, which Sounder I have yet to see, but I'm going to tap into that. Um, and again, making moves and transitions to what society saw as acceptable. Like slaves used to store food, like rice and grains as they traveled in their cornrows. To me, that just, that's so creative and innovative. Like they were worn during long labor hours and well to prevent hair from being all over the place. Like, which is understandable, but unlike appropriation, they were designed for the curly, coily and tight textured hair. <clears throat> Let me clear my thought and repeat that. They were designed for curly, coily, and tight textured hair. Again, a fubu, faux show, faux us, by us. Okay? That's what that was created for. And then you can't even forget the biggest phenomenon the new millennium in the 2000s? Come on now. Who comes to mind then? You got Lil Mo, who always used to rock the crazy style braids with all the different colors. 
all the different type of designs in it. On top of people like the brat who did the same thing. But the goat of cornrows? AI. Allen Iverson. Bro, I think there's even a picture of him getting his hair cornrowed during a game on the sidelines, my guy. Like, that was the king of cornrows. And cornrows were the major thing in the 2000s with a nice little sweatband. Bro, tell me, there, tell me one person that was famous in the 2000s that didn't rock cornrows. Even down to the females. You even had people like Beyonce rocking cornrows. Like, but it wasn't no straight backs. People really had these crazy designs. Like, excuse me. They're probably not as creative now because you now got people putting butterflies and words and hearts in their hair. But given the creativity's back. And so cornrows are coming back slowly but surely too. But it's just like, it was a time. Like, it was a time to be alive. And they definitely finessed the technique and went from the transition of what we had it back in the day of it being a form of communication among societies then to now using it as a form of self-expression. Once again, the black people making something out of nothing and being creative in the process. But you know what even makes it more dope? Locks. Yes, locks. I don't call them dreadlocks because dreadlocks are what they are is given a negative connotation. And somebody who locks explained that to me. Like, you know, for a fact, Whoopi Goldberg changed the game in the 1980s in, in America for us to look at someone with locks and do it where it's like, yo, I don't care how y'all feel. This is how I'm representing myself. And this is a part of who I am in my culture. And locks signify the spiritual intent and natural and supernatural powers. They can be a way of holding good spiritual energy in the use of chakras. Again, that spirituality aspect comes into play. Given they were in India, they were also worn there as well. But it, it, it's a spirituality context behind it, again, that a lot of people like the Rastafari, who was also some people who were in the 1930s, became a part of their custom and their religion to go ahead and have locks, people like Bob Marley, etc., who rocked them out. They weren't the first to rock them, but probably known to be acknowledged because of the Rastafarian culture, which is something they were big on because, again, they believe in the spiritual energy that's being used where you can receive that good energy. Now, to come to mind of dreads is when I see plenty of paper people, quote unquote, rock those that have the same effect with appropriate with the single strands. Like, your hair, again, curly, coily, and tightly textured hair are meant to have locks. Hence why they lock. Now, I can't talk because my hair is soft. So if it locks, it's going to take a good old minute before my hair officially locks. Because given I have coily curls, my hair is soft. And again, that might come from the, the diaspora of the Italian culture on my dad's side. Um, but... Again, it's 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 something that's a part of the culture of who I am as a black woman because that's who I identify as. So yes, there's no no freaking surprise when Justin Bieber tried to say that he was just having his hair. But baby, your hair is not thick nor coarse, nor is it meant of the tightly textured, curly, or you know, type of type of frame. So I just hate when paper people do it because it just looks nasty. Like, it just looks dirty. Like, it's not meant for your hair to do. And it's just like, just stop. Just, ugh, just stop. And it, it just, I don't know about y'all, but it bothers my spirit. Because it just looks like you're trying to force something to be there that's not meant to be. And it, it doesn't, it's not befitting or, you know, suiting your type of texture. But... 
even though we've had this history of us being such innovators and giving back to the time of, you know, traveling and being in the slaves to what it is now, our hair represents us as a culture. No matter how light you are on the spectrum or how brown you are on the spectrum, you know what I'm saying? Either way, these styles contribute to who we are and they express our history. You know what I'm saying? Being natural is a, is a big thing now. And I love how we're embracing our textures. And I love how we're rocking our hair, whichever way we feel. But you know what? We still have that encounter, as I said, in, in, in the world, in the workplace, in the school systems. Where we have to have the Crown Act. Creating, and res- creating a respect and open world for natural hair. That's what Crown Act stands for, where it was created by Dove in a partnership in 2019 to ensure that the protection against discrimination based on race-based hairstyles to our hair texture and protective styles in the workplace or public schools. Why do we have to have such a bill being passed for us to be us? We're okay enough to be able to admit your, your quota on, on, on black representatives in your workplace or in your school system, be able to give that diversity factor. But we have to tone down our texture of our hair or who we are and how it is. That's not our fault. We were born with the hair we were born with. That's our crown. That's our golden, our golden entitlement to who we are as a people. And to have, have children feel ostracized because of how their hair is, whether it's in locks or it's natural or it's a fro. That's disturbing because, again, it's intimidating those of the paper culture because they can't do what we do when they have nothing but single-handed one way to be able to do their hair because Sally has to wash her hair every day as opposed to us. We can go one or two weeks without washing our hair because the oil helps our hair grow as opposed to the oil for them probably gives them nasty stringy hair. Yeah, but nonetheless, 1.5 times. Do y'all hear me? 1.5 times a black woman is more likely to be sent home from a workplace because of their hair. 80% have to change their hair just for the industry. And I, I won't even disagree with that. And I got a story about that because when I first moved down here to Charlotte and I, I got my job or I had to interview, I legit put my hair in a slick back and into a bun because I didn't want to be judged by the way my natural fro was. And the crazy thing about it is I had a fellow African-American female. Yes, who was a director of the facility I worked at, of the the corporate accounting firm I worked at, and legit told me that I should tone down my natural hair because it's a distraction in the workplace. The fuck you mean, girl? It's a distraction for whom? Because my hair shouldn't be the focus on what the quality of work that I'm producing out here, and I'm producing very well. My natural coils and curls shouldn't be able to be a hindrance to anybody performing their goals or their objectives that you're giving to them because they shouldn't be watching me that damn hard. How about that? And you as a fellow black woman who happened to have a relaxer, by the way, which I don't shout shut nobody out who has a relaxer, but you're not going to tell me because you can't maintain your natural hair and how to be able to keep your hair moisturized because you went to relaxer as a lazy point because you don't like doing your hair or try to tell me that my hair is an inconvenience. So I spoke to another one of the directors who happens to be Caucasian. And he even told me like, yo, Jess, I didn't even realize this is something that was going on. And I got his perspective. But he was more willing to understand where I was coming from than she was. And you would think, like they say, all skin folk and kin folk, Shorty wasn't, she was too brainwashed because the way she got up on the level to be a director 
or a co-partner was because she was able to conform to the patterns of what the society wanted to have with their Eurocentric, Eurocentric, I guess you can say, um, standards of what they wanted her to be in the structure. That's not me. I stopped doing that a long time ago. You take me for as I am or have nothing at all. And that's on that, period. Because if I have to be overlooked by my hair, that means I don't need to work for your facility. And that's just is what it is. But the thing with the Crown Act that is just like, we're such still in premature stages. It's been two years that the Crown Act, because every July 3rd, the irony of when the day falls on before, you know, force of their lies days. And I didn't say 4th of July, force of their lies days, is that 13 states, only 13 states have passed the Crown Act on variations and we have 50 states. Now, if you think back, we had 13 original colonies before we became the 50 states, right? But then at some point in time, we became 50 states. What I think Washington, D.C. about to become the 50, 51st state is in the process of the works. But if we can take 13 states and that's enough to pass that act, there should be more influence and more, more of us for us to be able to be active and sign the petitions where we're doing the same to make it the 50. Because who's trying to have their kid feel like they, they're they not loved or embraced because they have a fro or they have locks or they're wearing box braids or they have cornrows with beads in their hair? Who is for us to say that that's what it is? The same way they say for our kids where they get sexualized. Because if a little girl who's five years old has her hair straightened, she's called too grown. But if a little white girl has her hair done that way and she's out here, it's worshipped. Why? Why are our kids always the ones that have to be over-sexualized? Oh, she's too grown for wearing that. But little, little, you know, little Peggy can wear this and it's okay. There's always going to be a brunt of the end of the stick where we're always going to be talked down because of how we move. And honestly, yet again, it's a jealousy factor. We have a magic amongst us that bothers them so much that I laugh because I love it. And my mom's like, you love to cause controversy in the workplace. No, I love being able to stand for what's right because there's always somebody behind me that's going to have to fight this battle. And if I'm able to make the difference, i.e. how I'm doing right now for my last prior employer, I'm going to make the difference. Whatever movement you are making, people, never forget there is somebody behind you that you are creating a space for. Never forget that. So this Crown Act needs to be amongst the 50 states, and we all need to band together to get it done. Now, as I said to y'all, tomorrow marks my 10-year natural anniversary. Yes, child, 10 years in the game of transitioning on that fateful day of October 11th of 2011, I made the decision, I don't want no more creamy crack in my hair. Now, don't get me wrong. My hair was healthy with the relaxer. Nice, long, healthy, thick hair. But I was tired of feeling like I was subjecting myself to what the world wanted to see me as, as instead of embracing to who I was. And even still, I went to the transition of getting weaves because... I wanted to, one, grow my hair, but two, I feel like in corporate America, given I was going to graduate that following year, I had to have a standard of appropriation where that was me because I was young and wasn't well enlightened where I had to do it. And given natural, well, like I said, wasn't a big phenomenon in 2011, it wasn't as accepting. So I did that whole time, damaging my hair with heat damage. Baby, if y'all seen, which I will post for y'all, 
tomorrow, because tomorrow is my 10 year, I will show y'all on the page what it looked like. And you can see the difference between the heat damage then and not having taken care of my hair to where my hair has flourished over the 10 years. Total, um, complete, um, 180. Hello? Like, it was, uh, uh, chow. Shout out to my cousin Keisha for getting me on the right track, because Keisha was natural for way before me and she's a blonde and if they ever tell you that you can't get your hair dyed blonde and have healthy hair they're a freaking liar because my cousin Keisha is the prime example who was literally on this podcast for you know family ties prime example of healthy blonde bleached hair so don't let them lie to you it's all about how you take care of it and don't even lie if they say you get color in your hair your hair break off that's a lie too because baby I've had my hair color for the last two years and I just got it recolored in June and my hair is going like wildfire. You can literally see from the root where my hair has grown out. And I became, I got a copper color where I became a redhead, not a, I guess you could say a, a carrot top kind of sort of where it's a coppery orangey bronze at the top. And it like flows into like an ombre of orange, kind of orange reddish lies. They told from June to now in October, you can see at least about a good inch and a half of new growth. Okay, baby. And I keep up with my hair getting it trimmed regularly. I wash my hair. I have a whole ritual. Wednesdays are wash days. I have a ritual for my hair. Like, I treat my hair like it's, it's my baby. And that's what you have to do. Your hair is like a plant. Like, the way you have plant moms where they talk and nurture and take care of their hair. It's the same, same take care of their plants. It's the same thing with your hair. Your hair has to be watered. It has to be loved and nurtured. And my cousin Keisha told me that the more you show love to your hair, even in the awkward stages, and it knows that you love it and you care for it and you try to nurture it, the, the healthier it would be. I will always choose now that I'm older and wiser, okay? I will always choose health over length. I do not want hair that is long, but it is not healthy. Baby, listen, it's a no for me, dog, Okay. So now I'm at the place where because I don't think about my hair so much, the way it just grows crazy because I'm always watering it like a plant is like, wow, dog, like you really come far. And y'all will see tomorrow when I post how far my hair has come and how long my hair is and how the coils are literally like a distraction to what my real length is. And it's healthy hair too. Don't get it wrong. And the crazy part about it is I cut like three or four inches off of my hair in Jan in December of 2020 when I literally got my first ever silk press professionally done. And came come March, my hair was literally armpit length. I got my hair cut to my shoulder, shoulder length. By March, it was to armpit length. Come on now, let's talk real talk. So this episode is purposely done <laughs> for their quote unquote Columbus Day acknowledgement that they have going on tomorrow. But mainly for me, like I said, my natural versity, I want to tell y'all to embrace your crowns. Embrace your crowns, my brother. Embrace your crown, my sister. Kings and queens, nobody can do it like us. If you look back to ancient times where they literally uncovered mummies. They had locks in their hair. They had natural coily texture hair. Even in the Bible, they said Jesus had hair of wool. So how Jesus white if he had hair of wool? There's no way possible that man had hair of wool and he was white. Come on now, that don't make no daggone sense. And y'all know it don't either, but that's another conversation for another day. But like I said in the beginning, first rule of thumb for a lot of us black people, black women and black men, don't touch my hair.
Again, natural is native and native is natural, baby. Hopefully I gave y'all some insight on some of our beautiful black hair terraces, baby. Yes. So, as I always say on air, let's keep it real. And what I always remind y'all, y'all should know by now. Be real, be true, and always be unapologetically you. I will catch y'all next time. And love those crowns. Talk to y'all later. Shit, hold the